We are working through uh, um, our, our goal this year of uh, uh, a year in the Word, and that is to open it, search it, apply it. And, uh, and so you know that we're going slow because we want to catch as much as we can out of each of these letters or books that we read. And so I want to encourage you, uh, go ahead and take your Bibles, and I want to turn to two places. Uh, the word, first one is we're going to Second John, and we're going to be looking at verses 15 uh, through 20, uh, 24. And then I also want to take, uh, let, let you take your, your finger or uh, your little tassel that you have there and put it on uh, Proverbs chapter 6. And we're going to be uh, going to there to help us understand more of what uh, uh, John was writing about. Remember, there's a lot of things that, uh, um, as I've been talking to people this week and, and different counseling things, and something just kept on coming up. So I want to put this in front of you. People ask a lot of questions. I don't know if I'm supposed to do this. I don't know about this. What about this? And it, I just, I had put this up years ago, but this is the basic of what the Bible tells me. And that's for you, for me, for you us, who God is, where I come from, and who I am. That's a big struggle with most people, okay? So for me, uh, and it's not the old thing of the fatherless, but for a father's kid, it, the reason I got over it, and when I say I got over it, the reason I could work through it is because I know where I came from and who I am. I know that it wasn't my mom and my, my uh, father that put me together. It was God who made me. So that comforts me. And when you know those two things, you know who God is, and you'll know who, uh, wh- where I come from and who I am. And then you'll know what your purpose is, your ultimate purpose, not what your purpose is about what job you should do, what vocation you should be in, but the, the grand purpose, and that is to bring great attention to who God is. We call that glory. And then how should I live? Well, how should I make decisions? How should I make decisions politically? How should I make decisions for my family? Are you all with me? And we have all these questions that we ask, and I go, you know, I just need you to remind you of the basics of this, that this is going to tell you. This is where the the Word tells us all these things. And then also the ultimate thing about death. People go, I don't know what I'm going to do and die. I've known many Christians, strong Christians, out there close to death, knowing that there are days we're going to end in in, uh, weeks or months, that they were still struggling with that. Well, we don't have to struggle with it at the time of death because the Bible also tells us where I go when I die. All right? So, and you go, well, where's the gospel? That's the gospel. If you find out who God is, you'll know that he made you. He sent his son to die for you. And you know that he made you and formed you for you to accept him. And then you'll know who you are. And then you'll know your purpose because our purpose is to present the gospel. And then you'll know how you live through each time that you present the gospel, and you know that when you die, he assures us you'll, you and I will go to heaven if we've confessed that. Now, take your Bibles and turn to John, 1 John 1, 6, and uh, let's just read this to remind us a little bit about last, uh, last week. It says, uh, uh, yeah, uh, 1, 6, it says, If we say that we have fellowship with him, and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not practice the truth. I want you to remember that as we listen to today's message. That he told us, he said, listen, I don't want you to involved in darkness. We talked about the difference between darkness and light. We talked about the, bit, the, the, the business of knowing that you can look at a person and you don't know their heart fully, but you can kind of see how they're living and go, well, are you a true believer? Are you a, a believer that's kind of on the edge? Or do you just go to church on Sunday and know very little about what God has for you? There's all those. I can never tell you whether they're saved or not. They're not saved, only through questioning them and talking to them. And then after that, there's a lot of people that give you what they call the Sunday school answer just to make you go away. Uh, it happened to me this week uh, uh, because 
doggone it through the conversation at, 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 uh, at Dickie's Barbecue. Uh, the guy asked me, so what do you do? And I, I just, I paused. He goes, you don't know what you do? And I went, no, I'm, I just don't want to ruin the conversation. No, 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 I'm serious. I, I didn't want to ruin the fucker. I thought he was, he's going to shut down on me. And uh, sure enough, I said, well, I'm a pastor. He goes, oh. And because it was funny, he, he walked by and, and said, uh, you, uh, his name is Robert. He said, you, uh, uh, you want some company? And I thought, okay, divine appointment. Yeah, come on, join me. And we sat there and talked. And finally he said, well, what do you do? And that's when it shut down. And I said, you see, that's why I didn't want to tell you what I did because you think I'm going to judge you. And then he began to open up. So there are times that we need to talk to people and tell them these different things. And there's this darkness and light. But I want you to remember that. So what we learned at the very beginning of chapter 1 is this is basic. Is this, it says, don't walk in darkness. They need to, he says, people, people go, okay, we're not going to walk in darkness. And you have to know, understand that a desire to sin lures me to darkness. Every time you want to sin, whatever sin is your favorite one, okay, it's going to lure you into darkness. Remember, sometimes you can trip into it and go, golly, I didn't mean to do that. I just kind of tripped into it. And some of you run toward darkness. And you know, just like I do, sometimes I run toward darkness because it's easier. Uh, most, really, if you deal with anxiety, it's easier to be anxious because that's all you know. If, you, if you're depressed, it's easy to run to depression because that's the only place you know to go. And that's running into that darkness knowingly. And so you need to be careful. So that's what he told us in this first chapter, all the things we read. And then what he's telling us now is this, and when we're going to read it, is this. The world order is darkness. So what he did is he kind of funneled it upside down. He said, look, I want you to stay free from darkness. And then he said, okay, here's what darkness is. Darkness is the sin that lures you into darkness. And then he narr- he's going to narrow it down again. He goes, listen, I'm going to tell you what specifically darkness is. It's a part of this world. Does that make sense? So the word that we're going to see world today is the word, Greek word that we use for cosmos. Cosmos, the world. But he's not talking about the cosmos. He's talking about the, because the, he, he tells us at one time, hey, d- don't love the cosmos. I love the cosmos. I, I love the stars. I looked at them the other night. I love the mountains. I love, you know, uh, I, I just, I just, you know, I, this area Y'all probably saw on Facebook, I actually responded. Somebody said, hey, where do we go for some time away? And I said, go to Sabine Pass. The refinery lights look great during that time of years. And, and that's the world. That's not, you, you see what I'm saying? So there's a lot of things that are the world. And the world that he's talking about is this world that was birthed through the, the disobedience of Adam and Eve. And that's the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, pride of life. We're going to look at that. And then he told us, listen, let me tell you about this world. And this is what we're going to say. The world has, a, has, a, has an expiration date. Now, I talked to you all last week, and some of you all commented on different things about if it's three, after three, let it be. And some of you laughed at me. But I got sick on Friday, on Thursday. Because at 12 o'clock, 12, 1 o'clock, I took out some fajita meat that I distinctly remember is saying, this is the fourth day, and my wife said, it's okay, it's good, put it in the bag and put it in the freezer. Yeah, yeah, I got food poisoning. And I'm telling you, uh, it had an expiration date. And, and I got very, very sick until Saturday where I started thinking, wow, I can eat more than a cracker. So here's the thing, this world has an expiration date. That's why he doesn't want you to love the things of the world, the world order. 
Okay? Now remember, this world order that he's talking about was birthed through the dis- disobedience of Adam and Eve. It was, a, it was a great place to be, but then their disobedience led this into this sinful nature that led us into this darkness. And it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse, right? And we see that. So, uh, what I want you to do is learn a few Greek words and then we'll read the scripture. This is one, uh, alephio. Uh, alephio is... Uh, the word uh, to anoint. And it's really interesting, you know, because I remember this word because you take a peppermint leafio and you press it and it what? It gives you an oil. And that oil we use with all those, some of you, my wife is a big oil person, you know. Tummy hurts, here's some peppermint, puts it. And so there's these oils and that's what this is. It's just a picture of anointing with oil. Anytime you see oil in the Old Testament, it's always a picture of what? It's always a picture of the Holy Spirit of God. So we're going to see this word, anointing. Now, uh, and I need you to remember that, that it means to anoint. And then this word, charisma, it's different than charisma. Charisma is grace, right? Undeserved favor. That's, this is charisma. charisma. Charisma means an unction. And it also can mean anointing, that there's an unction that we have. This charisma is mentioned for all believers. Some people teach that... Because you've heard people say, don't touch the anointed. I heard that as a, as a youth minister. I went, okay, the guy stole money, had an affair, and he's pastoring a church, and people were scared to touch him because what? He was anointed. That's not true. We're all, this word, charisma, we're all anointed. We all have this unction with us, and the unction is the Holy Spirit. Are you all with me? This is a nerdy part, so you'll understand as we read through this part of 1 John. So let's take 1 John uh, chapter uh, 2, and let's read it together. Let's all stand in honor to God and his wonderful word that he left us. Uh, and whether you're reading on an iPad or out of paper, that's all right. Make your notes as you, uh, as you, uh, as you go through the message with me. He says, verse 15, Well, do not love the world nor the things of the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Remember the world. It's not the cosmos as looking all the things of the world. It's called us that are in the world that have ruined uh, and brought into this understanding what sin is. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life, well, it's not from the Father, but it's from the world. The world is passing away, also its lust, but the one who does the will of God lives forever. Somebody in our group the other night asked, it's so hard to know the will of God. And I so much wanted to answer because of this message, but I waited. And we're going to talk about what the will of the Lord is for us. Children, it is the last hour, and just as you heard that Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have appeared. For this we know that it is the last hour. And so they thought it was close to that last hour. Everybody, you know, it doesn't matter how old I, everybody says it's the last hour. You ever notice that? Oh, it's getting close. And they've been dead 270 years. So it's the last hour. It's just that we always know, and I think it's good to live that way, but not be bothered by that. He said the last hour coming. And when he talks about Antichrist, he's not just talking about Satan. He's talking about those who do not believe in Christ. He was naming the people that said, he was naming the people that walked out of the church and said, God did not come in the flesh. It can't happen, right? What do we call that? Gnosticism. 
No, it can't happen. He was going, man, they, they're antichrist. They do not believe that Christ went to the cross. Listen, they went out from us, but they were, really, uh, they were not really of us. For if they had been of us, they would have remained with us, but they went out so that it would be shown that they are not with us. Many of my friends have left the church, have left God. They are not with us. But you have an anointing. Remember that word. It means unction. There's something within you from the Holy One. And you all know, and the unction is the Holy Spirit. Look, it says, I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you do know it, and because no lie is in the truth. Who is the liar but the one who denies that Jesus is the Christ? That is the liar, and that's what they were dealing with. And he said, the Antichrist, the one who denies the Father and the Son. He's not talking about Satan. He's talking about those who disbelieve and left the church. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father. The one who confesses the Son has the Father also. As for you, let that abide. Mino, remember? Let that abide in you, remain in you, which you heard from the beginning, from the beginning of when you came to understand who Christ was. What have you heard from the beginning? If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. You may be seated. I pray that God will make his word come to life for all of us this morning. So, I want you to know when we talk about God's will, he said, for this is God's will. And it's funny because I wanted to hit upon this. And in the back of the worship center are just a few. It's not exhaustive. It can, I got the most that I thought were really cool about people going, what is the will of God? What is the will of God? What about the will of God? What do, what do I know of the will of God? And when we think the will of God, we think, what does God want me to do? And that's answered. And then through being in the will of God, he will, he will let you know what you're supposed to do. Because you're not going after what you're pursuing. Does that make sense? You're not going after the decision you're making. So when people say to me, I don't know what to do, I'll say, lay it to the side and do what you know is the will of God. And this will, will, provide, will be provided for you. They can lay it to a side. I need to make a decision. How long do you have a decision for? i got to make it by the end of the month. Well, then take that and lay it to the side. Work on the will of God, and that you'll know if that's for you. That's how it works. So just a long thing for us to do is God's will is a way of life that, desire, that he desires for disciples to live while on this earth. As a daughter, as a son, as a friend, as a brother, a sister, an uncle, a grandparent, a cousin, a single adult, a spouse, a parent, an employee, an employer. Live this way and you will come closer to making decisions about dating, marriage, jobs, job changes, colleges, friendship, etc. If you want to know his will in those decisions, then do his biblical will. Y'all see a mistake? Okay, good. Shannon didn't check over it for me. Okay. Because she writes all my messages. So here's the thing. When you hear, when you want to know what's God's will, I truly believe that if I pursue, because I go, Lord, what is your will for what we're supposed to do next? What is your will for the church? And I go, okay, listen, you know your will for that. So what I'm going to do as a pastor, as a, not as a pastor, but as somebody who loves you, is I'm going to do your will that is very clear biblically. And that's why it's the year of the word. Everybody take your Bibles and turn over to Proverbs chapter uh, 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 chapters 6, all right? <clears throat> now, the reason I want to stop here is because I want to go, what gets in the way of the world? Remember he said, he said there's darkness and there's light, and then he narrowed it down, right? He said darkness is, is, is the world. 
Don't be a part of that world order. Well, what is darkness? Well, darkness is lust. Darkness is the, the, the pride of life. Darkness is this. And then he nailed it down further and said, now, now I'm going to tell you what, what darkness is as a sin, but I want you to know that it's not only in the world, but it's something that you're going to have to deal with personally. You go, well, I thought we were talking about the will of God. Yes. Everybody wants to know what the will of God is. I'm about to show you what it isn't and help you understand what it is. Because he said that you can live in the will of God. Remember? Now, in, uh, in uh, chapter 6, it lists these seven deadly sins right here, okay? And the reason I want to see those, you go, well, what is the world? What is the world order? This describes things. And here's what it says. It says, uh, 60, verse 16, chapter 6, there are six things which the Lord hates. So you want to go, man, I don't want to be involved in those. If you're not there, listen, you don't want to be involved in the... He hates it. He doesn't like this nature. He says, haughty eyes. Haughty eyes. Uh, What does that mean? It means that you would exalt yourself. You know? Yeah, you would exalt yourself. You would go, (laughs) look at me. Haughty eyes. I know I did that. I'm better than all of you. You know, I had a pastor once preach a sermon that said, and he said, all the blessings come through me in this church. So I left. (laughs) Because I am not blessed through man. Thank you for paying your tithe, but God's put that on your heart to do, and God's my provision, not you. The minute I say, oh, then I'm going to become dependent on you, and I can't. So I'm going to depend on the Father. So he, right, he entrusts you to that. And some people are like saying that, but it's true. I trust the Father. You may pay me a salary, but in reality, God pays you to give me a salary. And I'm not ashamed. I used to be ashamed to say that. So we have to understand that I'm not haughty with that. I pray to God I don't have these haughty eyes like I'm over you. People say, what do you call me? Some people want to be called doctor. You know, if I had my doctorate, I wouldn't let you call me doctor. I, I, I'm Pat. For the children, Pastor Pat. Right? That's all I want to be. I'm just like you. He said, hey, haughty eyes. He said, a lying tongue. People that just lie. And hands that shed innocent blood. Then it says, a heart that devises wicked plans. You know what that really means in the Hebrew? What it really, really means is those who, listen to this, because this is really cool. Uh, it, it, it means that those, if it were written, just right in Hebrew, it would probably say something like, for those who engrave. Because remember, writing was, a lot of it back then was an engraving in stone. He said those who engrave. And you know engravings last a long time, don't they? So when you tell a lie and when you make a wicked plan against somebody or you say, I'm going to get them, that engraving will be there forever until the day that you die. He doesn't like that. He doesn't want us to have wicked plans. Look at this. He says this, uh, feet that run rapidly to evil. And I love the word rapidly. It really means in the Hebrew, it kind of has this thought of who anxiously run toward. You know, there are those that just run toward evil, you know? Come on, y'all don't know any of those? Some of you going that some of you are naming people in your mind that you go, oh my gosh, they're always running toward evil. 
Don't do that. They run toward it. You know, I can't help it. I got to run to it. Constantly run. He said, I don't like that when you run toward evil. When you think evil is going to save you. He says, uh, he says, a false witness who utters lies. A false witness who utters lies. Somebody who truly uh, loves uh, misery for themselves and other people. That's what that's a picture of. Somebody who loves to run misery in other people's life. You ever known people like that? So he's talking. Watch this. The reason this is important to read out of Second John is that's what he's talking about. He says, that's the world. I don't want you to be involved in that. And so if you want to know the will of God, don't do these things. Right? It says this. Uh, and then it, it, it says, uh, a false witness who, utter, who utters lies and one who spreads strife among his brothers. You know what spread strife is? It means to spread. It's, it's that word that means breathe. In the Hebrew, it says, the one who breathes this, this way of thinking and this evilness on people, who breathes this negativity on your life and among the brothers. Strife that you're struggling. So this is what God hates. And then he says, uh, he says a false witness who utters lies and one who spreads strife among his brothers. So when he said, go back to verse 10 and look at it. Look at, look at this. When he said, there are, there are six things which the Lord's hate, yes, seven which are an abomination to him. So, so what he was saying is, I'm about to list you six things that I don't like, but I want you to pay attention to the seventh one because he can't stand it. And that is a person that's, that gives strife to people, gives strife to brothers and sisters of Christ. Anybody who would choose to make my life miserable or make your life miserable or plant things in you that would cause you to be anxious or cause you to be sad or cause you to be mad, that's God says, I don't like that. We are to be kind to one another. We are to be patient with one another. You with me? He says, I don't like it. This is the world. Now, the interesting thing, and when I was studying for this, is all these Greek words. Uh, there's a professor that came from Dallas Theological Seminary. He's like 80-something right now, and, uh, but he was an Old Testament professor and really strong in Hebrew. And as he began to study the Hebrew word, all the words, uh, and it could be coincidence, but I don't believe it is. All the words had, you know, some words have guttural sounds and some words, all these words that describe at the beginning, the seventh thing, uh, and described a few of them. Here's what he said. He said, there's a hissing syllabic sound resounds throughout the whole catalog, especially in these verses. So in other words, what he was saying is, you see, those seven things, the hissing sound is that of a what? Snake. So all those words and that, that have this hissing sound. So he's describing the things that the evil wants in this, in this world for us. So, what I want to do is, let's go to that scripture, because I think I have time to read it. I want to read this in the New Living Translation. Do not love this world, nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. For the world offers only a craving for physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see, and pride in our achievements and possessions. Uh, these are not from the Father, but are from the world. In this world, well, it's fading away, along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what pleases God will live forever. That is the will of God, that you would please God. And that not go toward the things of the world. 
So the longer you stay away from pornography as you've been dealing it for years and years, you please God. The longer you stay away from lying, you please God. The further you can get by not gossiping, you please God. And hopefully one day, listen, that's going to be what helps you make the decisions when they come into your life. Because you're already living the biblical will of God. I think we search for the wrong things. Everybody talks about, for years I grew up with this understanding of a permissive will of God and the perfect will of God. I keep on repeating this to you. I think I've probably said it a dozen times. If you are in the will of God biblically, whether you slipped and went in the permissive will of God or the perfect will of God, you're still under God's leadership. He fixes things for us. But he'll fix them and open your eyes to them if you follow his will. And you go, what's his will? Well, look for the word will in the Bible and start reading it. I have got these papers right on the back that says God's will. They're in the back uh, 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 on that deal and on that little bookshelf. And they're in the back right in front of that big TV. Pick up one. It's not exhaustive, but at least it will get you started to go, if you'll quit worrying about your job, if you'll quit worrying about the decision you need to make and focus on these things and look for more, those will be answered. If you're with me, say, oh, yeah. We look after the wrong thing. This is the world that John talks about. Don't look after the world. It says this, dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist has come in. Already many such Antichrists have appeared from this, we know that the last hour has come. Did you know some of you are, no, no, it's not Satan. You are hanging out with Antichrist. You are asking Antichrist, people who really don't believe in God, who don't believe there's one God, who don't believe. You are talking and asking them what they think. Ready? You want my counseling? Stop it. They are in the world. It's not healthy for you. We don't like to hear. Don't. But listen, guys, stop it. Don't do it. Go to the person that's, that seems to have the father in his heart, that seems to have the father's way of living, the father's way of making decisions. And listen, remember, we talked last week. It's not because they know a lot about the word. Those can be the people furthest away. The Lord will show you and reveal to you the people you should trust. Look, it says, dear children, the last hour is coming. There's Antichrist coming. From this we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches. This is these people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. And when they left, it proved that they did not belong to us. There are people that have left this church and have left churches all over America because we love people who are homosexuals, but we tell them that that life is ungodly. And they left. So you know what that tells me? They weren't really with us. Right? We're to love, to be patient. Not to hate, but I can't condone their, their lifestyle, right? But we listen to the Antichrist and say, well, that's mean. So I am writing to you because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And you do. All of us do. We know the difference in truth and lies. Look, it says this, and, you, and who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the Father and the Son is an Antichrist. He was dealing with the Gnostics that left the church. Right? That's the history behind what you're reading in this letter. Anyone who denies the Son doesn't have the Father either. But anyone who acknowledges the Son, well, he has the Father also. 
So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And if you do His will, then you will remain in fellowship with the Father. Therefore, all those bigger decisions, watch this, are going to help you make those decisions. So I want to challenge you this week as you make these decisions. Remember, last, last week I showed this, and I'm going to show it, and then I'm going to pray, and we're dismissed. But some of you this week, stop listening to Antichrist. You go, Satan? No. Those who do not believe in Christ. Those who believe that God is everywhere. Those who don't understand your belief system. Stop listening to them. Listen to the ones that love the word of God, that love him, and that show the fruits of what they believe. Don't get bad advice, right? So if you want to deal with what he wants you to do, whatever decision you have to make, focus on the biblical will of God, and that will come to you. It will. Maybe not as fast as you want, but it will come to you. Remember, that's your prayer. I I hope you read at least maybe twice last week, so I'm going to put it up again. And and you just got to ask yourself every morning, Lord, I want to talk to you, and I want you to help me with this. Lord, today I'm going to choose to live for you. Make it personal. Listen, look at all those things. It'll teach you how to live. It'll teach you how not to be blinded. Then you'll illuminate, all right? You'll illuminate who he is.